Well, hey fans of Biblical Genetics, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I really appreciate you being here with me and I really appreciate all your support and all your encouragement that people have been giving me over the last several months. I had the opportunity of traveling to Calvary University. It's a neat little uh, Christian school in Kansas City, Missouri. I was there for a conference on science and faith. We had theologians and scientists there and talking about all sorts of really fascinating and interesting things. And um, while I was there, I just had about half an hour. So I stepped outside and it was right before a giant snowstorm, which pretty much shut the conference down, but at least all the speakers were there. And we gave our talks anyway, even though there was not that many people because no one wanted to drive on the ice. But um, I, I had this opportunity to step outside and I just talked about some things that are very interesting to me. I recited some titles of some books and some quotations for some books, specifically uh, challenging quotations from Christians who are evolutionists. I just threw out some, some things that I know people are struggling with. I know I've struggled with it. I assume many of you have struggled with these things. And I wanted to encourage people that we can stand tall in the face of some very, very determined opposition and in the face of some very difficult questions. Now, this is all, of course, filmed before the coronavirus uh, shut everything down. And so I'm not um, breaking any uh, quarantines or travel restrictions or anything like that. In fact, I'm working at home this week, so I've had extra time to, to do a, an ex extra episode, which is really kind of cool. Um, and I'm going to hopefully I'll put this one out on a Saturday instead of a Tuesday and try to crank out some extra episodes faster than I have been before. But anyway, here's a new episode for you, biblicalgenetics.com. Don't be afraid. Hey fans of Biblical Genetics, this is Dr. C. I'm coming at you today from Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We just wrapped up a very interesting conference. We had a bunch of scientists here, we said theologians here. We're talking about Genesis, we're talking about history, geology, genetics, um, archeology, span it was amazing. I am not too old to learn things and I tell you what, I learned a lot. I love being around people who are willing to ask difficult questions. You know, if I wasn't able to do that and if I wasn't willing to entertain difficult questions, I wouldn't be a Bible believer today. It took asking the tough stuff to say, oh, maybe the Bible actually is real. It was too lightweight when I was younger and I was too ready to reject it, but I have changed and things have happened. But I wanna to talk today about theology because here we are, I'm at a, a Christian university. The staff of this university happens to be very conservative. Um, they're creationists, embarrassing for the rest of the world, but not for them, not for me. These people are willing to take a stand on Genesis and they're willing to educate people. And so this is what we're doing, we're educating. But you know, in Christianity, it's sometimes very difficult to find someone who's willing to say, yeah, I believe the Bible the way it's written. Most Christians, most theologians, they tend to say, well, Genesis isn't history, or the ancient Jews grabbed stories from other cultures and put them together to make their story of Genesis, or you know, evolution is true, and we have to read evolution into scripture, or something like that. And you know, I used to do that too. So if you're doing that, I'm not going to fault you, but I'm going to challenge you to rethink some of your ideas. Now, I have a little list here of things that I know are reviewed on creation.com. There's a book by Enns called The Evolution of Adam. A book by John Walton called The Lost World of Adam and Eve. Another one by a scientist and a theologian, Venema and McKnight, Adam and the Genome. Actually, I wrote the review for that. That might be the harshest review that I've ever written of anyone else's work. Because you know, sometimes someone just needs to be knocked down a little bit. And when you say things that aren't right, 
they need to be addressed by somebody else. So say things that are right. Be careful when you write and you read and you interact with people. Another book by uh, Collins and Guyberson, The Language of Science and Faith. You know, Francis Collins, the former director of the Human Genome Project, the current director of the National Institutes of Health, the most high-ranking Christian, if we have ranks, in the world of science today, most well-known evangelical Christian in science. But he's also 100% believer in evolution. Francis, I would love for you to change, but you know, I'm not going to necessarily do it in one conversation if you ever do get to see this. Christianity Today quoted from a book, or I wrote about a book he wrote uh, back in 2011, I believe, called uh, The Language of God. And they wrote this. Collins' 2006 bestseller, The Language of God, a scientist presents evidence for belief. Oh, hold it. Evidence for belief. What do you think that evidence is going to be? Take a guess what he's going to say. Well, this is what they said. He reported scientific indications that anatomically modern humans emerged from primate ancestors, perhaps 100,000 years ago, long before the Genesis time frame, and originated with a population number something like 10,000, not two individuals. I'm confused. The scientists presenting evidence for belief, these are big numbers, 10,000, 100,000. What are those numbers? That actually is the standard evolutionary out of Africa theory, the African bottleneck 100,000, 200,000 years ago that led to the evolution of Homo sapiens. So it's very confusing to me when a, a very well-ranking, very well-known Christian is saying his evidence for the Bible is actually evolutionary theory. Let me read you another quote. This is from a... Um, a debate between Frank Zindler, who is a well-known American atheist, and William Lane Craig, who's a well-known Christian apologist. Now, William Lane Craig's otherwise a good guy, but you know, he accepts millions of years, he accepts evolution, and he doesn't seem very friendly to the young earth position. He started this thing called the, um, the Adam and Eve Project, which I will be reviewing thoroughly later. But the things coming out of that so far, it's actually a little disheartening. But this is what Zindler said in the middle of this debate. He said, if there never was an Adam and Eve, there never was an original sin. If there never was an original sin, there's no need of salvation. If there's no need of salvation, there's no need of a savior. And I submit that puts Jesus, historical or otherwise, into the ranks of the unemployed. I think that evolution is absolutely the death knell of Christianity. Wow, what a statement. But you know, I could have used any number of quotes from any number of atheists from back 150, 200 years ago who understood that if you get rid of the first Adam, you get rid of the last Adam. There's a lot of theology involved in this Adam and Eve question and in biblical genetics also. You know, way back in the Scopes trial, 1925, William Jennings Bryan, the Christian, the conservative, supposedly, he was arguing against the teaching of evolution in public schools, right? The Scopes trial, a huge, huge, big deal, 1925 America. But he believed in millions of years. He believed in evolution. He just didn't believe in human evolution. He accepted everything else. And so knowing that uh, Clarence Darrow, the brilliant lawyer who just came off of what was called the trial of the century, where he, he defended these two rich kids in Chicago who married, who, sorry, married, who murdered their neighbor for fun. And his defense, which became a textbook, his defense was, Your Honor, my clients couldn't help themselves. They're a product of their evolutionary heritage. Whoa. So coming out of that, he comes to the Scopes trial and he simply asked William Jennings Bryan where Cain got his wife. That was an embarrassing question for Bryan because Bryan already believed in evolution. And so he fumbled it. He didn't answer it very clearly. And that, of course, became a 
famous question we, that was uh, in the uh, the film and in the play Inherit the Wind that modern people, you younger folks probably don't even know about it, but it was a big deal for a long time. Inherit the Wind was a very popular play. It influenced a lot of people's minds on this whole uh, Genesis, Adam and Eve questions. There are theologians who are willing to really struggle with this and come up with other ideas. In fact, there was an excellent book uh, written by Van Dudeward. I reviewed this in the Journal of Creation. It's now available on creation.com called The Quest for the Historical Adam, and he taught me a lot about this subject. For each one of these famous theologians, they had a friend at their university or at their seminary who has had an equal rank, equal standing, equally as intelligent, is also an author, and that person had the opposite viewpoint. And this is common for all these different people. And yet, history seems to have forgotten the more conservative version of these scholars. Why is a very interesting question. In fact, I was on a, a radio show, maybe five or six years ago. The, the host was Presbyterian. Now, I'm not trying to make any doctrinal statement, I'm not trying to do that at all, but the, it, the host was a Reformed Presbyterian. And a caller called in about halfway into the show, and he said, okay, Carter, I hear what you're saying, but how come none of these people agree with you? And then starting with Hodges back in the 1800s, he rattled off a list of Reformed theologians. I knew every single name. And then he said, how come none of those people agree with you? I made a mistake though. I let this caller influence me because when he said all these names, I got intimidated. What I should have done was simply quote a theologian prior to 1850, prior to Charles Darwin, prior to the origin of species. You know, what about Whitfield? What about all these other great people from before evolution? None of them believed in evolution. So essentially, in one sense, it might have taken Charles Darwin to teach us theology. Ooh, that's an awkward statement right there, man. You can't do that. No, the Bible stands on its own. We don't need other people to tell us what the Bible means or what it says. It says something very clearly. It says God created the universe. It says something very clearly. Humans did not evolve from monkeys. These are very direct biblical statements. And we don't have to run away from these statements just because the scholars might think you're silly for believing these things. Stand tough, my friends. You can do it. You don't have to run away. We've got your back. Go to creation.com. There's some fantastic things out there for you to help build up your faith, strengthen you, encourage you. Don't run away. If you are a Christian though, and you're really struggling with the age of the earth and with evolution, did Adam and Eve really exist? Did we evolve from monkeys? And you're wrestling with some of those passages in the Bible, maybe trying to add millions of years to the, the first, you know, to creation week. I used to try to do that. I tried every way you could imagine to add millions of years to the Genesis account. And every time I tried, I ran into a brick wall. So if you're wrestling with the Bible, I want to encourage you to keep wrestling, keep fighting. It is worth struggling with the Word of God. It is worth actually sitting there and saying, I can't answer this and, and wrestling and fighting. Don't give up. Don't settle for a lame answer. Don't take someone's word for it. You've got to figure it out for yourself. And every time you come to an opinion, try to find the, another opinion. Because there are faithful people out there, men and women, writing about the Bible, writing about science, talking about geology, talking about genetics like me, and they're building up a biblical worldview, fully comprehensive from beginning to end. Stay tough. That's my message for you for today. That's all for now. Have a great time till my next episode. Don't forget to like this show. Don't forget to share the show. Talk to other people about it. Um, I would really, really, really like if this went worldwide. So if you know someone at a, a, a theological institute in some other country other than America, send this to them. See what their reaction is. 
If you know someone in a science uh, area in some other country other than America, send this to them. I would love to hear their reaction. This is not an American thing. This is a worldwide thing. So that's all for now. Have a great time. God bless you all.